It's a wonderful God, isn't he? More than we deserve, that's for sure. I'm going to read one verse. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. I'll have you go ahead and have you stand. We have your legs stretched a little bit. Just going to read one verse here. 2 Peter chapter 3. We're beginning a series that we've titled the series Growing to Bring Him Glory. Growing to Bring Him Glory. Verse 18 here says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. I'd like to preach a message that titled, To Him Be Glory. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening, and Lord, one of the reasons we ask people to say things, Lord, is because that's given glory to you. And Lord, I pray tonight that we would realize the importance of giving glory to our Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts tonight. Help us as we lay the foundations for the messages ahead. But Lord, I pray that you challenge us, Lord, with this message tonight. Lord, I am inadequate, and I need the Holy Spirit to guide my tongue, my thoughts, my words. They might be yours and not mine. May you be glorified. May you be lifted up. For us, pray in Jesus' name, amen. Be seated. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. You know, when you take the ingredients in a recipe and you put them together, they're designed to lead to a finished product. A finished product which you can consume and hopefully it'll be pleasing to the one that's partaking of it after it's done. You know, sometimes you mix some of those things together in a recipe and they don't taste so good once you get them. But usually they come out pretty good. There's a recipe there that makes it taste good. And the, the ingredients of, a, of spiritual growth are also designed to lead to a product or an end result, which is the glory of God. So what I'm saying is this, your spiritual growth is important. My spiritual growth is important. A lot of times we think, well, I, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Well, the Lord wants you to grow more, and I'll get into that here in a little bit. But the end product of our spiritual growth is not that we can say we're something or send and look at somebody else and say, well, I'm more spiritual than they are, or I know more about things in the Word of God than they do. But the end result of growing spiritually is that we might glorify the Lord. That he might get the honor and glory out of our lives. And that's the whole purpose of spiritual growth. First of all, we're to grow spiritually. Look in verse 18 there again. It says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, we find that Peter's admonishing each of us here to grow. He said, you need to grow. You need to grow. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was younger and uh, especially when I got to the age where I could start playing basketball and I like it, like basketball. We didn't have a lot of other sports in the school. And my, like a lot of guys that played basketball and hunters the same was the same way. I wanted to be six foot five. I wanted to be six foot five. I just, you say, why? Because I just want to be tall if I was going to play basketball. Amen. And uh, some of, some of my, my heroes back then was uh, Wilt Chamberlain and, and Jabbar, and those guys were seven foot plus. And, 
and different ones. It was real tall guys, and, and it just seemed like, man, that'd be the thing to be, is to be tall. And so I wanted to grow. Well, I reached about six foot and a half, six foot one, something like that. And you say, well, how tall are you now? I'm five foot 11. If I still had my hair, I'd be six foot three, amen? <laughs> but uh, the fact of it is, is that uh, you want to grow. And I was, you know, I, I, I did continue to grow until I reached about uh, six one. And uh, that was with hair. And, uh, but uh, anyway, you want to grow, but there's something besides that. We went, you know, we got these little kids up here. It would be a terrible thing to see those children stay in the state they are and not grow uh, uh, mentally, physically, uh, socially, and that their lives would be stunted. We don't want that. We want them to grow physically. But the greatest thing is that we got to realize the Lord wants us to grow spiritually, grow spiritually. Uh, we're not to remain babes and live a stagnant Christian life, but we're to grow. Many times, and you'll find this uh, everywhere you go, you'll find, you'll find uh, Christians in, in good Bible preaching churches and, and churches maybe that's not as, as strong or anything that are stagnant in their spiritual growth. And it will surprise you what they know and what they don't know and how they live their lives outside the church. And a lot, can I say this right now? How you live your life outside the, this, these four walls here is dependent upon your spiritual growth. Say it again. How you live your life outside these doors is dependent upon your spiritual growth. Not me. It's not dependent upon me. It's dependent upon you and your spiritual growth. What you're going to do, how you're going to face things, how you're going to handle things, what you're going to think, what you're going to say, uh, how, you're going to, how you're going to deal with situations in your life, uh, how you're going to handle uh, temptations, how you're going to handle uh, struggles in your life. It's all part of that spiritual growth that is needed in our lives, and we'll be dealing with that as we go through this series. But we're not to remain spiritual babes. Notice here that there's two things in which Peter says we're to grow in. First of all, he says we're to grow in grace. We're to grow in grace. This says we're to grow in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. First of all is grace, which, and, and uh, I was sharing this with Janine and maybe Hunter, I don't remember, but it was, it's, a, it's probably one of the best definitions and, and it's, it's not my definition, but it, uh, Tony Evans, I believe it is, is it was his, what he, I had read uh, that he gave a good definition of it, of grace is that which the Lord does for us, which we cannot do for ourselves. That's grace. That which the Lord does for us, which we cannot do for ourselves, is grace. You say, well, I don't quite understand. Oh, it's like this. Can you save yourself? No, only Jesus Christ can, and that's grace. Can you forgive yourself of sins? No, only Jesus Christ can, and that's the grace of God. And we could go on. Can you answer the prayers that you pray? No, but Jesus Christ can, and that's the grace of God. And we could go on and on and on dealing with grace and the importance of that in our lives and to understand that grace is a, is a magnificent thing. And, and really, uh, grace is, requires faith and learning to trust the Lord and put your faith in what He and only He can do. When you're sitting here tonight and there may be a problem that you've got to face tomorrow and there's nothing you can do about it, but He can. And so you're going to have to trust him that he will. 
There may be some issues in your life. There may be some health issues. There may be some financial issues. There may be some some work-related issues. There may be some other issues in the family or whatever it is, and and you don't know how to handle it. That's where you're going to have to to seek by faith the Lord to take care of that. And when He does, because you can't, that's the grace of God. Because understand, He doesn't have to, but He can. And if we'll trust Him by faith... He will take care of it according to His will and not ours. By, by that you see how great and how mighty and how amazing He is. You think about people that's got saved. Probably everybody in this room has knows somebody that was an absolute rascal before they got saved. And probably some of you in this room, that's exactly what you were, an absolute rascal before you got saved. Amen? Amen? That's kind of weak. (laughs) But if the truth is known, we were all rascals. Every one of us. And it's by the grace of God that He saved us. That unmerited favor. We didn't deserve what He did that we couldn't do. That's the grace of God. And you say, well, preacher, if we're to grow in grace, how are we going to grow in grace? He says that to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How do you grow in grace if God is the one that does it? Faith. Trusting the Lord. That's how you grow in the grace of God. Because you come up against those things that you can't do. And you realize that there is one that can And by faith, you seek Him for His will to be done. And His will may be different than what you think it is. But if if you're willing to accept the grace of God and God do what He can can do that we can't do, by faith, even if it's different, man, that's an awesome thing. We have an awesome God. And when we begin to see the grace of God and the mercy of God, how it comes together and what He does in our lives, He said it will change the way that you look at things. It will change your life. It will change your understanding. By that you see how great and mighty and amazing He is and causing you and others to see how awesome our Lord and Savior is. When we talk about the grace of God, some of you tonight, some of the things that you mentioned is the grace of God. That he, would, that, he, that he keeps his promises. Do you realize that's the grace of God? That he keeps his promises to you? That he, that he saved you? That's the grace of God? Saved by, faith through gra- uh, saved by grace through faith? Again, that's the grace of God? And when we look at those things and we, we see that it should do something in our lives and, and cause us to want to wanna glorify him. The psalmist said in Psalms 38, 8, he said, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. You know what? We've lost that awe, I think. Because we have stepped away from the spiritual growth of grace. Secondly, he said, grow in knowledge of Him. That's more than just knowing of Him. You know, we know of people. I know of Governor Parsons. Uh, I don't know that I have ever shook Governor Parsons' hand. I don't know that I've ever really spoke to him. I've been close enough to kind of speak to him if, I, if, he would have, if I'd had his attention. Uh, some in this room have. 
Uh, I know Heather, she had some, some, took some pictures and was down at the state fair and got an award and stuff. And he was presented that and stuff down there and got some pictures with him. So she, I hope she talked to him a little bit. I know about him. I know that he used to live just down the street from my uncle that passed away recently. I, I know that he, that my uncles talked to him. I know of him. I know he's my governor. I have sent him emails. During the pandemic, I was in on the, the conferences that we had uh, during the pandemic between uh, 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 the preacher area preachers and Governor Parsons. We had, we had meetings on Friday with him about what could be done and how we could get the churches back a-going again because he wanted to get the churches back up and running. And we sit in on a teleconferences with him. And, and even though I posed questions and stuff, I really didn't talk to him as much as I did one of his aides there asking questions like, what about when he said we could open back up? I said, when can we run our buses? His response came and he, the aide read it and he said, I want you to run them now. And so it was through an aide that I actually spoke to him. So I really don't know him. I know about him. I know of him. I've conversed with him through somebody else. When we say that we're to have knowledge of him, it's not it's to grow in knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's not talking about that type of knowledge. It's talking about a knowledge with him. Otherwise, my wife and I have a knowledge with one another. As we have lived these 42, going on 43 years, there's a knowledge that has grown over the years. I'm not so sure that's good. No, it is. And you can generally, you could almost ask my wife, what would the preacher say about this? And she could tell you. You say, can we do that same thing with you? I have no idea what she would say, amen? <laughs> but that's what type of knowledge we're talking about, a relationship. A lot of Christians know about the Lord. I'm talking about they've received Jesus Christ as Savior. They know about the Lord. They've read the Bible. They've heard preaching. They've heard teaching. But the relationship is weak. It would be similar to that that I have with Governor Parsons, everything they get is through somebody else. Everything that I've got with Governor Parsons has been through somebody else. Even when I want to talk to him. The relationship, though, would be this with Governor Parsons. If I was to have the relationship with him, I might take him out to eat, or I hope he'd take me out to eat. He got more money than I got. And, and but we'd go out to eat. We'd sit down. We might talk about farming. We might talk about fishing. We might talk about hunting. We might talk about the area. We might talk. We talk about the church. Talk about the Lord. We talk about when he was a child. Maybe when I was a child. Where we come from. Our parents. And we would get to know one another. That's the type of relationship that the Lord wants to have with you and me. It's that type of knowledge that he's talking about. Growing in that type of knowledge. Growing in a relationship with the Lord. He said that's part of the spiritual growth. Can I tell you something? And this is going to sound almost 
like a heretic. Just reading the Bible will not cause you to be spiritual. I've talked to a lot of atheists or claimed atheists that say they've read the Bible. Just reading the Bible will not make you spiritual. It's spending time with a, in a relationship with the Lord that helps you to know him. And that is why it's so important that we grow in the knowledge and that type of knowledge in the Lord. Just knowing about him is not, not enough. It's building that relationship with him that you might know him in a greater way. Paul said it this way in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Now you stop and think about that. He said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. That is being a part of that. He said that I might uh, 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 get a better understanding, spending time with him about the resurrection. But also he talked about the sufferings. You know, one of the things that, that a lot of times that, that we don't just share with everybody that's walking down the street is our sufferings. But if it's a close family member or a close friend, we might start telling them some problems that we're having physically or some suffering that we're having that we wouldn't share with just anybody. And that's because there's a relationship there that we can trust them, that we can confide in them, that we can be close to them. The Lord says, I want, Paul said, I want that type of relationship that the Lord Jesus would even talk to me about his suffering, that I would understand his suffering, that I might understand what he did for me in a greater way. That's the type of, uh, of relationship that Paul is speaking about here. So there's the two things that Peter says we're to grow in. Grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of, of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a divine purpose for our spiritual growth, secondly. Look there again with me in verse 18. It says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But look what he says then as he closes out this chapter. To him... Be glory, now look what it says, both now and forever. He doesn't say that he might be glorified. He just said, he says that he, that there, that he might, uh, to him be glory both now and forever. You see, Peter's saying, right now in your life and my life is a time to be giving him glory. We're to glorify him with our lives. Can I ask you, and don't, I'm not asking for, for you to respond. This week, this week, started Sunday, we're here at Wednesday. What have you done that glorified God? Say, preacher, that's getting really next to us. But nobody knows. I'm just asking you. I'm not asking you to respond. I have to answer the same question. What is it that I've done this week? I've had Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I've had four days. Four days. 24 hours a day. Even, you say, well, you're supposed to sleep. Some that. Yeah, but maybe I could have during that time, maybe I could have got up and done something. So we've had all that time, really. Four days. But let's just take 
from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. In those four days, what have you done that brought glory to Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Now let me ask you this. In those four days, what have you done to please yourself? Kind of sobering, isn't it? When we think about our Lord and Savior, have we glorified Him? He's to be glorified now. You see, the Lord takes very seriously His glory. He won't share it with anybody. He takes it very seriously. That's why He wants us to seek Him, to know Him, to grow in Him. It's not just because it's the right thing to do to bring honor and glory to His name. We can read the Scripture and we can say, yeah, it's the right thing to do. So, okay, I need to do that. I need to do that. It's the right thing to do. No, it should be because we desire to. We want to bring honor and glory to His name. There should be within us that desire uh, that to, to bring glory because you want to be that person through which He can express Himself and display His magnificent glory in your life and through your life that His glory would, would, would radiate and that He's using you to bring honor and glory to Himself. You see, when you're out in public and when you're in other places, and there's the opportunity for Him to, to get glory out of your life. And that's what He desires. He desires to get that glory out of your life. He desires to get that glory out of my life. It's more than just than merely being a Christian, just walking day by day. And listen, there's, there's that spiritual growth that he wants. Spiritual growth is not for us to, to claim that we're something, but to expand our ability and capacity to bring glory to the Lord. It's like this. If we could, if we could just say, uh, okay, spiritually and physically putting these together so we could see this, let's say that that you're a little S10 pickup. How much can you haul? I mean, it's not even a half ton, are they? S10s aren't? They're not even a half ton. They're pretty light. So there's a, a, a set amount, a small amount that you could haul. Let's back it up a little bit. Let's say that you have a moped, and it's got a little carrier on the back. How much can you haul on that? Very little. Let's step it up a little bit. You go to the S10, let's, let's step it up a little bit. Let's say that you've got a three-quarter ton pickup. We'll skip the half ton, we'll jump to three-quarter ton. You can haul a lot more. You could probably take the S10 pickup and haul the S10 pickup in the back of the three-quarter ton pickup. But try to put the three-quarter ton pickup in the S10 pickup. It won't work, will it? There's not enough capacity, is there? If you could get it in there, 
it would be sitting on the ground. It wouldn't go anywhere. Let's step it up a little bit more. Let's go to like a, like a 550 uh, Ford. And you could take two or three, three quarter tons and put it in the back of it. Let's step it up a little bit more. You ever see these big earth movers in the quarries? I mean, you can't even, you stand there like this and you look up at the tires. They're so huge. And they can carry so much. The capacity is amazing on those things. Let's look at our spiritual life. Are you in a moped? S10? Half ton, three quarter? What's your capacity? When we got saved, we had some capacity to glorify God. When you got saved and you got up and maybe stood here with the preacher or, or something, or maybe you got saved at home, you told somebody, you said, I received Christ my Savior. You know what? You had capacity to share the glory of God, what He did for your life, didn't you? But maybe you didn't really understand everything. Now the Lord says, I want you to grow in the grace of Jesus Christ. I want you to put your faith in, in, in everything. I want you to trust me. I want you, I want you to trust me and walk by faith. And I want you to have a relationship with me and know me in a greater way personally. And by doing so, it's going to cause your spiritual growth for you to begin to expand. And with that is going to increase your capacity to glorify God with your life. The more spiritual growth, the more capacity to glorify God with your life. Why is it that we look around and we see so much deadness in churches and Christians' lives today? It's because they've never grown spiritually and increased that capacity to glorify God. What is needed today is this world to see the Lord, isn't it? To look at you, to look at me, means nothing. But for them to see the Lord in your life and in my life is something. And what they're needing to see is, is the glory of God in your life and in my life, but we need that capacity to do that. Many Christians are not growing, even though they desire a closer relationship with, the, with Christ and are trying to build it. But here's the problem. Desiring is not enough. The problem is, is that their emphasis is on them and what they're doing instead of focusing on, focusing on God and His glory. See, I, I, I'm not following your kids like this. If this is my spirit, my life here, and I focus on becoming a better Christian, and I'm focusing, and I'm exercising, and I'm focusing on doing everything exactly right. I'm a fo focusing on dotting every I, crossing every T. I'm focusing on saying exactly the right things. I'm focusing on uh, dressing exactly the right way. I'm focusing on everything that I think is the spiritual life. I'm focusing 
the emphasis is on me. But, come here, White. When my focus goes from me and what I can do to make me something to a focus that is on the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord that I can share him with Eddie this is my Lord I'm nothing he's everything Oh, he's been so good to me, Eddie. He saved my soul when I was down in the pits. Man, he, he, he watches over me. He takes care of me. And, and, and he's there when I call upon him. And he's been so good to me. Debbie, I want to, the Lord's been so good to me. And boy, I want you to see, man, he's been so good. And I begin to focus on the Lord. You know what's going to happen? Okay. I'll hang on with both hands. This takes on new meaning. It comes alive. It's no longer just words and things that I got to do and things I can't do and, and making me a little robot. No, now I've got a life. That means something. It's not about me. It's the focus on the Lord to bring Him glory. That's why you can get excited about the things of God. Amen. Do you know why it's so dead sometimes in services and you can't get a holy grunt? <laughs> because everybody's focused on self. Focused on, well, come on, preacher. Lay a good one out there for me. Tell me a good joke or, boy, hit me hard between the eyes with a baseball bat. Do something. You know what my job is? To get you to focus on the Lord. Amen. And that's glory unto him. That's the focus in our, that we should have in our lives. We need to grasp the truth that we were created not to be spiritual robots, not to dot every I and cross every T. Now, don't get me wrong. We're to obey the Word of God. That comes because you're focusing on Him to please Him. The issue, and we're to grasp it. In fact, in Isaiah 43, 7 says, even everyone that is called by my name. That's a Christian, right? For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. He said, I have created you to bring glory unto him. This issue of bringing glory to God is so important to him that the Bible defines sin as a failure to bring glory to God. It defines sin that way. We're at, preacher. Romans 3.23. Why? Oh, yeah, listen to it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
And so to sin, define sin as that which comes short of God's glory. Now, with that, we're, we're not sinners just because we do bad things, but not just because of that, but because in our sin, we fail to live up to the purpose for which God created us. Remember what I said in, in, in Isaiah 43, 7, he says, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created them, him for my glory. So when we have sinned, and we have, we have not lived up to the purpose for which God created us. And that is to bring honor and glory to his name. The purpose they create for is to glorify him. Paul explains that in Romans 1. Begin down at verse 18. He says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in, in, uh, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him, talking about the Lord, from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now listen to what he says here. In verse 21 says, because that when they knew him, when they knew him, they glorified him not as God. When they knew, him, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was dark. And professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And notice what it says here in verse 23. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Otherwise, what he's saying is, he said, when they knew God, they glorified him not. They did not bring honor and glory to his name. But then what they did is they took God and they made him like man. Bringing him down to their level. And to four-footed beasts. And creeping things. Making them gods. He said, you have taken my glory. And you've thrown it in the dust. And because of it, he turned them over to a reprobate mind. Romans chapter 1. You go down to verse 28, it says, Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, and that would be glory, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. They would not give God the glory do his name. The reason we're to grow spiritually is that we might be able to have the capacity to glorify God wherever we're at, with whomever we're with. Whatever we do, do, thirdly, whatever we do should bring glory to the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. He said, whatever your life is about, do it for the honor and glory of God. Whatever you're trying, he said, whether you're eating, he said, do it for the glory of God. Whether you're working, do it for the glory of God. Whether you're visiting, do it for the glory of God. Whatever your life is about, do it to bring honor and glory to his name. Well, preacher, I dig ditches for a living. Do it to bring honor and glory to his name. How are you going to do that? 
bless God, you're digging that ditch. Somebody comes and says, man, you look like you got a pretty deep ditch going there. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? What? A grave. We're all going to die one of these days. Going to put us six foot under. Ditch like this. Unless you know Jesus Christ as your Savior who came into the world. Boy, he died in my place. Why? What about flipping hamburgers, preacher? Man, it sure is good. God's been good to me. What do you mean? Flipping hamburgers in here? Got a job. God's been good to me. One of these days, I get to heaven. Oh, boy, God's been good. Saved my soul. Kept me out. You see how hot. Put your hand on that griddle. You're crazy. Not as crazy as you are. You're going to hell. You think that's hot, buddy? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the Lord loves you and he wants to save you from going to hell. Save me. Back in 1975, middle of May, on Wednesday night. Can I tell you something? If you don't get saved, you're going to sizzle like that burger. He loved you. He wants to save you. you say, preacher, you mean you can bring honor and glory to God doing anything? Anything. Anything. Well, what about Dale's whittling? <laughs> He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Amen? Amen. What about that honey that they sell? Collecting that honey. His words are sweeter than honey. I think you see what I'm talking about. What about a carpenter? I have not seen, nor you heard. Here's the entering the heart of man, what God has prepared. Jesus said, if I go away, I'll come again. He said, I go away to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. Now, on two, over 2,000 years, he's been building something for you and me. It don't get better than that. And give him the glory in everything that we do. Glory also has to do with the way that something attracts attention by the way it shines to glorify God means that we draw attention to him and promote him as worthy of all praise and adoration. Your life and my life should attract, we should reflect the glory of God. The more that we grow spiritually, the more that we can reflect, the more capacity we have of reflecting the Lord. You know, you can start out with a, with a little bit of the old light bulb and boy, you start going up and get you up to about a 10,000 water. Boy, you're putting out some water. You're putting out some light. You know what? We need to grow in the Lord. The Lord wants to go public, by the way. Since He's invisible to man, 
He's created people whose full-time job, and that's you and me, to make him visible so that the world might see and be drawn unto him. Jesus himself said, and if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. In the application of that verse, I understand the, the interpretation is speaking of that he would go to the cross, but I believe there's the application that he would have us use in that application that if we will lift him up before all mankind that they might be drawn unto him. That's his glory that we're lifting up. We're not lifting up the person in, in our hands. We're lifting up the glory of God before this world to see his goodness, his mercy, his great salvation, his love, yes, his judgment, his wrath to come. All of it is tied to his glory because he's God. He's a, he's a judge of, of the world. We glorify when we reflect the light of his character, the way the moon reflects the brilliance of the sun. Would be billboards advertising his grace to the lost world. What he can do for us that we can't do for ourselves forgiveness of sin, salvation. We are a billboard. Can I tell you, every single Christian in this room, you are a billboard. But it's up to you what's on that billboard. Have you ever been driving down the highway and you see great big signs? I mean, you can see them for, look like miles away almost. You can read them. Then you drive by some, I mean, you're almost up to them and you're like, little bitty things. You almost got to stop your car and get out and go over to them and look at them. God says, I want you to be a billboard for me. I want you to display my glory. But in order to do that, we've got to grow in grace, increase our capacity. Each day when we get up, we should pray, Lord, grow me today so I can show you in a greater way to those around me. Grow me today. Think on him. Talk to him. Walk with him. Fellowship with him. Get in his word. Sing unto him. Grow in him. You see, the reason we have so such a limited impact in the world for the Lord is because it, we want God to bless our agenda and our plans rather than us filling up and fulfilling his plans and agenda. It's not about us. This life is really not about us. It's about his glory. That's why he created us. For his glory. But in order to get there to do what we should, we need to grow spiritually. How you do that, preacher? By grace by fellowship, and then taking that glory and displaying it for others and letting it begin to grow in a greater way. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for loving us. Lord, let it be our desire to grow spiritually. Lord, to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That we might bring glory to your name. That we might display your glory. That we might lift you up, that you might draw all men to you. Have your will and way. Help us, Lord, to focus on you. For this I ask and pray in Jesus' name.